He's just moved house, so like he's busy with that at the minute. But like, yeah, he's it's that guy. Like literally, his stickers why there. Habitus. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like, Spanish rapper. Have I? Yeah, man. It's um, they're well worth checking. Like he's just released a vinyl. Um, it's really good, man. Oh, for a vinyl. Yeah. Not an actual thing, you know. No, no. That's that's the same with me, man. It's like it's nice. We kind of both both released something really recently. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Now I'm thinking, what is what is there like? No, because no one releases vinyls or any physical stuff. It's all streaming now, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Vinyl. That's weird. Bro. <laughs> that's very weird. Nah, it's nice, man. It's like nice having something physical. Yeah, but um, I I never the vinyl. I've only had have I had vinyls? I haven't had vinyls. No, I never had vinyls. But I've had like obviously CDs. I had cassettes at one point. I was super young, but I never got in. It was just like just in the end of cassettes. Yeah, yeah. Just in the end of cassettes, you're just like fuck, like (laughs) that's mad, bro. You know what I mean, but. Yeah. But no, 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 vinyls is crazy because the vinyls are starting to come back, but it's not like a serious thing. No, it is though, man. That's the thing because like it's gone crazy. Like it's it outsold any other physical CD, like you know, physical sales of any kind um, mm. like last year, and it has been. It's like constantly on a rise with it. Like it's it's good, man. It's um yeah, it's nice that it's kind of really seeing a resurgence with it. Yeah, that's good though. That's very interesting to see. So, yeah. I'm trying to get your levels right, because I'm thinking, are you walk, <laughs> uh, do you talk like... I'm relatively like, quiet. Yeah, right? that's why I'm clocked. Because I did, I, I literally just put it on small, uh, a little bit up, and it became cool, but it was yeah. it looked, like, looked like too loud. And then now I put it back. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm dying, bro. Ah, it's so good, man. Nah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Great levels right there. There cool. you go. You know the ones that you just... I don't know, cause I, I when was it? Two thousand when I started doing the pod, I only used Audacity. Oh, okay, fair enough. The basic Audacity, yeah, bro. yeah, free. <laughs> and then obviously my friend hooked me up with um, Logic. So Logic's so much better, man. Yeah, everyone I, says I use this. Logic. Um, what was it? A few studios that I I've been to, um, that I've recorded at. They they usually use Cubase. Yeah, Cubase is a good one as well. I don't know how how efficient though. I don't know how efficient Cubase is. I don't like it, man. I used to use it. I I started with Cool Edit, and then kind of moved on to Cubase, and then tried Ableton for a bit. But I love Logic. Logic, it's really. Yeah, good. Logic, Logic. I've, I'm, I, I feel Logic. You can actually do a bit more. Yeah, you can, it's weird man. to say, but no, no, you can. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit weird to say, but yeah, you could do a lot more with Logic, though. You could definitely do a lot more with Logic, especially um. If you're a Mac user. Yeah. I'm assuming you're a Mac user as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Microsoft motherfuckers are annoying, bro. Nah, I, I haven't. I like I had a few PCs before before Mac, but 
but then they just they'd always crash or they'd always be slow like when i was teaching workshops they'd just die or something and it would just yeah just wouldn't work yeah, man yeah, and i yeah, just yeah. i kind of got to the point where i just thought nah forget it yeah 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 that's interesting though that's interesting what type of workshops did you do uh music so like i was i was traveling around the country so like i i was teaching lyric writing and production and all sorts oh, of sick. things man sick, sick, so sick. yeah it was good like it was it was great like it was it was really mixed so i mean i i started off um well, i was a waiter so i was living in birmingham uh, and um i was a waiter and i I'd, I'd seen some of my friends who were doing like bits and bobs so my friend basics who's a beatboxer he was starting to do a few workshops around london i was like okay this sounds kind of cool like i like the idea of this yeah and um i was just banging on doors trying to get a workshop something like anything i was just trying to blag my way into the industry and then eventually i got one where i i worked with some kids for a day made a couple of beats wrote lyrics with them and got paid i was like hang on this is amazing like i get yeah, to yeah, make yeah, music yeah, yeah. work with some cool kids and i get paid for this yeah, yeah, and i'm yeah. getting paid like triple what i'd get paid as a waiter on a good day it was like well hang on a minute yeah that, that's that's cool like i like the idea of this and then it just it took over man like i i linked up with these guys in london and they um they just offered me these workshops all over the place. So like I was traveling up to like Manchester and Leeds and down to London a lot and having crazy days where like I I get like the five AM coach in Birmingham, travel down to London, teach until three, come back up and then wait like do waiting at night and then like do do that like a number of times a week and it just got to the point where it's like, hang on a minute, like I can actually do this now, like this is yeah, sustainable. Yeah, yeah. And it was great like i at the time there was money so like yeah, there was money yeah, in youth yeah. work so and like when, when money is like if if it's if it, it makes money and you're just like i think i'm okay now with yeah with, yeah that's that's incredible bro that's no incredible. it was great and it was like the the projects that we were doing as well just they really meant something yeah you know like there was i was working um with the symphony hall in birmingham and like we were working on some crazy projects well like there was a twin cities project between birmingham and a town in sierra leone mm. and the kids in both cities were getting to know about the culture in the different places so like they were learning about their stories and then the cool. after a couple of months they created a a piece that was based around that so they created a theatrical piece around it so uh, like uh, these as in in like, audio or like also in like theater yeah, theater. theater like so they Sick. so they made music about it they they acted some stuff they mimed elements so like yeah. there was a piece where these kids created this scene where they were children just playing and then soldiers came along and just took them and like they it was really powerful you know and did stuff like that then there was a there was a project where I was re like live remixing orchestras, so it was like youth That's orchestras cold. from around the is country. That, is, that, is, that, is that almost like similar, like um, this producer called um, Arab Music? He um, live MPC live, like on his on not even on a DJ set. Like yeah, he doesn't use decks. He just uses an MPC to create beats and freestyles it at the same time during like almost like a live show yeah. for um, a DJ set. So he's done like beats for like obviously Swiss and um, yes, I think Swiss was one, and then he did one for like ASAP Rocky when like when that craze was popping when he started. 
um then obviously davies and various other rappers and yeah yeah and he's got like and he was just using mpc so i'm gonna shoot it's like that like you're doing well, with the orchestra dude, as well it was it was crazy i mean like so basically the way it was working was like they they didn't know what they wanted so like they they just basically gave me this feed in from the desk and just said right here's the feed do whatever you want and i after about like 15 20 minutes i just had this crazy amount of music i was like right can i just ask the orchestra to do things and i'm like yeah yeah sure sure so like i i was asking the orchestra to do like little stabs or trills or like pizzicata bits or like asking them to like rise and fall and then just recording that and then like i literally had like five ten minutes to chop this stuff up and make it into a quick beat so they they had a break to go eat their sandwiches and then came back and they were like they had a new track and That's it was cult. it was crazy so like there was three orchestras the biggest one was 97 piece and like Jeez. it was it was mad but yeah it was it 97. was amazing yeah and all of that like trying to control that and turn it into something like it was it was amazing though you know those kind of projects like i had i had one workshop where i went down to london and this company i was working for were useless and they never told people what my skills were so the school thought they booked a beatbox workshop and i don't beatbox yeah so like i i went down <laughs> How there could you be- <laughs> yeah so like i went down and i was ready to do like a lyric writing session and then the whole school was there. It was a whole primary school. So it was like 600 kids. And they, they were like, right, so um, how how do you teach beatbox normally? I was like, um, I don't, but I can try. So I literally like, I split these kids up into packs of like 100 plus kids. So like, right, you're a kick drum. You're a snare. You're a hi-hat. You're going to go, yo, you're going to do a scratch noise. Like, and I broke these kids up in these packs of hundreds and like they just made this beat. That's like, cool, though. It was it was cool. Great, I great, mean, great improvisation, <laughs> bro. <laughs> it was mad. Because just to think, that company literally said, "Yeah, we can get you a beatboxer," and you yeah. never beatboxed in your life. Nah, oh, scumbaggery! It was it was crazy. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was mad. It definitely kept me on my toes, like to the point where yeah. I mean, now I can go because I I teach now. So like I I work work with some guys called Boom Satsumo. So like I. Yeah. I teach media to like 16 to 18 year olds, but I mean, I've, I've worked with young offenders. I've worked with like, you know, high achievers from age three to 69. Like, you know, it, it's, got a range. yeah. Got a range. So it's like got to this point where like, I, I'm not really faced in terms of when I walk in, it's like, I'll be all right. Like, you know, it's kind of, you're not, you're not going it, to, uh, it's hard to say. You're not going to be like a person that's hard to deal with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's 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 natural. It's natural. It's a natural thing. So yeah, that's always a great thing. Oh, but dude, there's been some crazy stuff. You know, it's like when so in Birmingham, I was working with these kids who they were in a pro. So like they were they were really kind of struggling in terms of what they were doing and you know where where their lives were leading, I guess. And like they some of the madness that went on with them was crazy. So like there was this kid who was trying to sell a samurai sword to the class and su- oh is it, was yeah. this like when there was a point yeah recently this year like there's loads of kids that were like handing in knives and machetes and so forth was that at that time no man this was a while ago so like this was i don't know seven eight years back oh that's and what like, yeah and like they were selling samurai swords they think they were on smoke <laughs> samurai uh, jack in them man it was oh, crazy wow. so yeah like literally he he brought it in 
and this this kid was saying to the others, he was like, I mean, this kid was big as well. Like no I one, surprised. no one generally messed with him anyway because he was like the big scary kid. Mm. And then at the same time, he's like coming wielding a samurai sword. It's like okay, so it like we everything more intimidating. Yeah, like simple, so like know? we we were trying to I we were trying dead. to kind of work out what we could do in terms of like the situation so like, i ended up where i was like hey wait wait like i think my my uncle might be interested in that and like managed to kind of oh like, Look, wow you guys you got know, it off him yeah sick like i so yeah I'll, I'll just take some pictures and stuff but obviously like I, I ended up taking the pictures and giving it to the police but like man it was mental like but the the amount of things that happened with that stuff man but like, i i loved all that stuff you know and it just yeah. it's kind of and how long was that ago Oh, I've been doing workshops for years. I still do them. So like I um I still do stuff at UE, so like I teach production there. So like I've I've done like hip hop production stuff there and like I I run an annual hip hop event called Amplifier for them as well cuz like I've oh. I've been part of Wordplay magazine for I don't know like 7 years now. So like I I I used to be the managing editor and like now um, I concentrate on like the event side and education and that side. So like That's I, cool. yeah, man, it was good. So like last year, we had we had an event at Trinity. So like we had Barney Artist headlining and the Allergies and um, like all sorts of different artists. It was great. And then like this year, it was really low key. So like it was at Basement Forty Five, and it was, it was you know. yeah, it was it was good, man. It was like a whole bunch of local artists, quite a few. Um, MCs and so on from the uni and then at the same time we had this guy called XP come down who's amazing um XP. yeah so like it was his first Bristol performance as well oh okay so cool. yeah it was good so like That's he came down from Leeds and yeah it's I love that stuff man it's like I I really like kind of trying to trying to stay active within the scene in like yeah. different ways you know That's cool. yeah like been producing music for plays and sort of various things man it's just kind of nice to nice to feel like it's building bit by bit you know and oh that's always good yeah that's definitely always good that's yeah. always good man that's always good because otherwise it just you kind of end up creatively stagnant don't you like where it just yeah. you get to this point where it's like i mean my because my daughter's 10 now and um when how she was is that how is that though like <laughs> for you're you're basically like into a genre that is there's a lot of swearing. My, yeah. my, there's a lot of swearing. So, how uh, do you how do you deal with that in the sense of just yeah? I th I think part of it is that it's generational in the sense that now because hip hop's getting older, there's lots of parents within it as well. So you know, in in London, there's people like Fun DMC who like do kid friendly hip hop events. Like you know, there's. Mm. There's lots of lots of people who are making more. I mean, I I love lyrical hip hop anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I I kind of came up through it through like Tribe Called Quest and the Roots and yes, sir. You know that kind of vibe. So like I yeah. I love that sound and in the UK like people like Ty and you know I I love music that Sway kind of less, and yeah, yeah Sway that, was that guy as well. That kind of kind of era and that kind of sound. So like I I like more reflective stuff anyway. But I guess at the same time, it's like with with my music, I've always tried to strive for stuff that hasn't really got swearing in it, and it's tried trying even if it has, it's got mm. a bit more of a positive message. So you mm. know, like I that's interesting to see. It's hard though. I mean, like I'm I'm on my side. I mean, I love like 
funk and soul and you know all sorts really like i love dubstep and parts of dmb and classical and anything man i just love music you know like my dad grew up on loads of stuff so i guess when it comes to my daughter it's like it does have to be filtered and like there's certain things where i kind of think okay will she latch on to that is it too quick but like you know generally it's fine but i mean in part like as much as she's 10 she has down syndrome so like she okay so there's kind of she has a little bit more of a limited understanding in terms of language but on her side like she loves music man i mean when she was tiny she used to fall asleep next to speakers like she does does how do you i'm gonna assume like you play only certain genres then to a certain degree because uh, what is it i've because i used to work in a um trampoline park so we get a lot of special needs kids yeah um pass through and i think we had someone with a down syndrome or some type of uh, special needs condition and they had to wear earmuffs yeah or they you couldn't play certain type of music at a certain level and um certain things like that so is that a thing as well to be honest man i think like when when she came along like i I kind of had this view where I just thought, you know what, she can do anything. She's going to be fine. Like, there's going to be no issues. And like I really buried my head in the sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that really helped in terms of I didn't treat her with, like, well, kind of cotton mitts where it was just like, right, okay, protector, protector. I just thought, well, she's going to do what I do. If I'm going to the studio, she's coming to the studio. Like, if I'm going to a festival, she's coming to a festival. Like, she, she's going to meet my friends. She's going to do what any other kid would do facts and i and i think like it got to the point where she had a rough beginning you know i mean like she had quite a few operations like heart operations and stomach and operation mm. bladder all sorts of things but she was that was an, the, yeah. an amazing little fire you know yeah that's, like, that's 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 always good because i've i've obviously seen like a load of people that are um that on social media anyway that do um a lot of gofundmes and other stuff like to help the children obviously because of obviously there's certain conditions um so to it's weird to say that it's not i'm not shocked yeah by the hearing hearing this type of a story yeah um i think it's just due to social media like we have so much information just going everywhere yeah so we're just like whoa i'm like (laughs) okay i'm desensitized by this now and i'm like this is not really a shocking story to me yeah. anymore or so forth so it's kind of like it's weird to say it's actually weird to say though it's it's quite weird with downs though in terms of there's it feels quite isolating because i guess it's it's like with anyone who's got any condition where like there's if if you've got this kid who comes into the world you yeah you hear the stats and you think okay so there's other people who are in this situation but then mm. when she was little like I, I take her to support groups, and she was by far the most able. And it's like, okay, well, for them, that's all right. Like, because it's like for them, it's inspiring. But on on my side, it's like, okay, but where's the kids like her? Where's the parents like me? You know yeah, like? yeah, yeah. And to be honest, even now, I kind of find it where it's like, you know, I'll, I, I find it difficult that most of my friends, you know, they're they're creative in some way, whether it's a case of they're they do art or music or they're just mm. i guess a bit more free thinking than, yeah yeah, than yeah. Your average because it's like i i've ended up in that situation but when it comes to the parents i meet who've got kids with downs like it it's harder to link in that sense yeah you know and like there's i've i've 
I've kind of struggled to get that bit set up. And I think even now it's like it's been 10 years, but you kind of think, okay, mm. it's it's those kind of challenges that you don't anticipate where I'll, I'll take her to a friend's house, but because she's in a different environment, then her way of responding is that she'll act out in some way that, so that then she's got attention so she feels safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you kind of flip that as a parent, it's like you're constantly on edge then where... Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have people say, oh, yeah, it's just like toddlers. It's like, okay, yeah, you might have a toddler who for a patch of one or two years is doing something. After 10 years, they still can't talk to you properly. They mm. still can't sleep fully. They're still potentially, you know, having toilet issues or this, that, and the other. Like, you know, it's, yeah. one it's of my, challenges yeah. that's I've, uh, I've crazy. Yeah, one of my um, family friends, their child's got um, special needs. He didn't learn how to speak properly until quite late quite late yeah. yeah and he didn't really socialize much um until maybe I don't, I, i'm not too sure like maybe a few years ago he started to talk more a bit mm. more energetic he was always like uh, he, he was just about like he was just running around or yeah. just because he just didn't like being sat still a lot yeah but, she's like that she's, yeah. she's really active and yeah i mean she's an amazing little girl. I mean, that's amazing. The, yeah. the thing is that I, th- I think with her, like she'll, because she's into everything. Like it's it's quite funny because she just like bucks the stereotype of, oh yeah, people with Downs are really placid and they're really, and it's like mm. she is not that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are cases of that. I've 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 yeah. I have um, while I was working on but you get various various like versions of down syndrome yeah yeah so some are active some are very res- not reserved but they're like they don't want to leave the par- leave from the parent they only yeah. stick to the parent they nothing like regardless if they're out of the thing out of the trampoline park or not they will always just stick to them like I, they I, don't want people yeah. touching them it's like it's it, it's a different thing which is which is um an interesting thing as well so but i Have guess you- the thing is that the the thing that i learned with all of this stuff as well is like it you know, because there's different types of downs because there's a spectrum within it. Yeah, So, I yeah. mean, she has Triscum 21, which is a particular um, genetic, you know, they say defect, but, um, you know, there's different types. And obviously mm. within there, like with autism, there's a spectrum. But then on top of that, then there's how the parents respond to that. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's then the kind of nature and nurture element of it where you mm. think, okay how how you deal with that situation yeah, yeah really makes a difference as well facts so you know it's 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 an interesting one man i mean she's made me weaker and stronger infinitely yeah and, it's only you know, natural it's yeah natural. It's natural. i mean I, when when she came along within three months i was like i need to do something creative so i decided to start a band it was like, okay, this probably isn't the normal response, but it's kind of like, I need to <laughs> I just do figured, something. I just figured, like, three years old, there's a band right in front of my face. I'm like, huh? Yeah, it was... Yeah, I, I want to play toys. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to... I don't want to bend, bro. Yeah. But no, nah, that's it was, interesting, though. It was cool, though. I mean, it kind of... Yeah, you know, I think I just... I kind of got to that point where, like, I've always... One of the ways that I've dealt with lots of different things is just being creative. You know, like making music is yeah. like my biggest, biggest stress reliever. Yeah, like yeah. I, you know, I, I try and do yoga. Like I try and run. I try and do different things. But just making beats or like playing piano or something, just that's, it just that's, soothes. You get, you get. I think 
I get kind of the same thing when I'm kind of like editing. Yeah. To a degree, to a degree. But I'm still kind of finding my way in the creative sense because this is creative, but you never know what else I could be doing. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of like I'm still kind of discovering myself um, to a certain degree in creativity, but also trying to balance life, work. Yeah. That's other stuff yeah Ooh. it's like it's it's annoying but it's gotta be done as well <laughs> it's gotta be done it's weird yeah. that we're already halfway through and you haven't actually introduced yourself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no intros there's nothing literally <laughs> nothing we just talked about some deep stuff and it was just yeah, like man. nothing but um yeah i think it's only right for you to for yourself to introduce yourself and what yeah, you man. do so i mean so yeah so my my name's uh james kennedy or vice beats so like i i'm a producer like so i make make hip-hop and soul and tv music but um at the same time yeah i'm a teacher promoter uh part yeah. of wordplay magazine so like run events for them and various yeah. other things so Sick. lots of lots of different bits man i i you know do podcasts and that's lapsed a little bit over time but done mm. various things like that so yeah. lots lots of stuff man yeah but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah been making hip-hop for longer than i care to remember yeah what was your <laughs> um what was your first introduction oh man well actually i think there was a few things so like i when i was little well i say little i don't know when i was like 13 14 i i did an exchange trip to france and um i stayed with this kid who was a complete dick but like he he because he was around like at the time like he was in this skate scene and one of his friends it's weird the way you remember this stuff like his friend max like was making a making his own skate ramp so like we were there each day and like he was making this concrete skate ramp in the in the back garden concrete and, um, yeah Jesus. and um so they were they were working on that and creating all that side of things and at the time they were playing loads of different music when i left he made me this tape and it had a whole bunch of different things on it but it also had i am and ntm which are like amazing french crews i didn't have a clue who they were and, and like to be honest i didn't have a clue who they were until about 10 years after when one of my friends who's from France, like, he's a massive hip-hop fan, like, he, he was, I, I, we'd kind of bugged out about hip-hop for a while, and I was like, listen, I need to find this tape, and I dug around, found it, it was still playing, and, and found these tracks, he was like, that's I am, that's I am, like, Whoa, so, like, I, I, but I heard that, I was like, I was in love with that sound, and then, when, um, I think it was about 96, like, my, my dad's, like like I say, man. I mean, he just collected anything. He just loved music from like jazz to blues to folk to classical to rock to everything. Mm. Like you know, we mm. our Sundays like when you know because my parents were split up and like I I go and see him every other weekend and like we we'd listen to vinyls or CDs. Every single car trip was different albums, so you know yeah. we we'd listen to everything. And he he got the Fugees the score. And like around that time, then my friends up the roads um, started getting into Eminem, and yeah. it was just kind of it was that time when that's early two thousands, yeah, 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 that's so early two thousands. Like, yeah, well, it was like ninety six, man. So like it was ninety six, ninety seven. What was was the first Eminem album at that time? Yeah, so like it was um, okay. I forgot. I don't so know because like, I I remember early two thousands. That's what's good. I was like, I heard a lot of people talk about Eminem. Yeah, so, it wasn't so really... he was it was crazy with him because like he was just going up and up and up and up and like I at the time I mean we see like social 
social media wasn't a thing really. No, never. You know, and like we we were just hearing it from like older brothers or sisters or you know all that side of things. So my friends were my friends were tapping into people because I didn't have any like siblings at all. So like they yeah. were tapping into their older siblings and friends at school who were we a bit knew, older. We 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 were younger. But I swear. We are perfect storytellers. If you were either <laughs> born in the nineties or you were raised during the nineties, yeah. you are good storytellers. I don't. Yeah. Early two thousands? Nowhere. You're not <laughs> touching communication. Yeah, just... we we they they their information is all on social media. Like it's, it's incredible. Interesting, man. I it's mean, mad. when I I noticed it with like working with kids on lyric writing over time as well just seeing the way that language has changed and the way that they write and the way that they perceive their lives as well. That's it's like It's less about experiences and it's more about perception and the way they look and the way that other people are seeing them and all yeah. that side of things. And it's it's sad, really. You know, I mean, I, I remember being a little kid where it's like, I don't know, but, like um, we, we'd have building work in the house and it'd be like, yeah, sure, you can play around with the sand and it's like... Now it's like no, you can't touch the building, Sam. There might be this in it, and it's like it's it's it's, it's, it's shield. Yeah, I think uh, no, mm, I get you, but there are reasons because of the information yeah. we have. And if back in the day we never had these answers, yeah, now yeah. we do. So it's like it's a weird one, isn't it? It's yeah. like trying to find the right mix with it. Where yeah, it's, like, it's the right mix. But it's just I, you know, I mean, I I look at look at my little girl sometimes, and just she has an iPad, and annoyingly, like I. I bought that because her school at the time said, oh, look, we'll get all these apps on for you, get all this learning stuff on there. They never did it. So she ended up with this, like, nice nice iPad with, like, some big chunky case on it. She thought it was amazing. But, like, now it's just she's like so many other kids where she's just staring at YouTube kids. You know, and, like, it's, it's I'm not going to lie. Purpose, sometimes, but I'm not going to lie. Sometimes YouTube, you can learn so much. Stuff yeah. Like, well, that's yeah. the thing, man. You I think like, out. I'm all right with it. Like, there's certain things where, like, certain days, it's like she, you can almost see that she's, like, open to learning more and the things that she'll pick. Because, I mean, she just, like, taps away, taps away. Related. But, yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. Very like, related. Yeah. <laughs> I will be there for hours. I'll be there but for hours. It's, I will, it's I will crazy. Go, I will go back to my history, rewatch certain things as well, just yeah. to kind of, like, refresh myself and, like, whatever. Well, it's I mean, weird. that's because she loves dancing and, like, there's... There's been good. a few times where like oh, I haven't even kind of because because she's got that app and it's a bit more protected. Like I will leave her to it sometimes, and then she'll she'll just come out with these dance moves that she seems to have just like learn on rope. And it's like how the hell do you know? Does she this? have TikTok? No, she hasn't. Don't but, give that. No, don't give that. Definitely not. Man. Def the TikTok is annoying. Yeah, I see it too many. It it's not for. I don't get it because there's young children that do TikTok as well. And I'm yeah. thinking, wow. <laughs> Are you really doing a TikTok dance in the middle of Cabot? Yeah. Okay. And every I'll just look at them and then I'm like, I'll just go away. And then I know some they'll get like 100,000 views or maybe 100 views or whatever. I, I don't know how many because TikTok is such growing now. And, yeah. and it's mad like um even social that's why related to social media like with the whole youtube stuff like kids are watching these kids review toys yeah and, and the dad is making millions of it because oh, i know she's obsessed with ryan bruv like it's like it's oh, it's, it's mental it's mental but at the same time it was smart because yeah. it gets it gets kind of like it, it i would say smart because it gets 
the children more confidence in himself and also in the fact of they kind of are are happy in their own bubble they're comfortable mm. in themselves like it's a tricky one like, not just confidence like, it's not just confidence yeah yeah because so. i mean i but the i guess like the flip of it is that you know so like i was i was work i've worked with quite a lot of kids who were no longer in school so like yeah you know where they they've just kind of gone off the rails a bit and like there's been a few especially lads who you ask them what they want to do and they're like i want to do youtube and they they don't know what that means but they're kind of deluded in the sense that they've they've watched all of these guys on twitch or they've watched all these guys on youtube and they're like oh yeah yeah like i'm gonna get a gaming station and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and it's like okay think about how many people in the world are playing these games how many people are sharing all of this stuff it's it's so small i mean realistically it's like anything creative it's like with music like with film stars there's so mm. many so so many people doing this stuff so much content if you're good if, don't do youtube just don't yeah. do youtube don't do like i would say like i don't think children under the age of 18 shouldn't be doing youtube like yeah. youtube vlogging or anything like that there are some that have actually like made good like made good content and stuff like that but it's just I'm just but thinking. that tends to be the parents though, yeah where it's like the but, parents are but, more savvy yeah but certain parents some, sometimes like from 16 onwards six, between 16 and 18 they kind of control it themselves they'll just start one yeah and they don't they won't tell their parents or whatever like so it's quite interesting it's yeah. quite interesting it's mad to say but but now like thinking about to the hip hop stuff like I'm thinking my first introduction was 50 50 cent <laughs> yeah because i came to the uk late and a family friend um the their son and i was just cool with them and they go to the room and they're playing hip-hop so yeah. like this is during um i think it was i think this was during get rich or die trying days oh, okay so they like early 2000s early 2000s so they would play pimp they play snoop they'd play f- um, I think clips. That's when I got into into Pharrell yeah. a lot. I got uh, what else? Um, I didn't get to discover Hove until maybe a year later, but still around the same time frame. Um, yeah, because that was like Blueprint time. Yeah, Blueprint it, like... times. Um, like I think Dirt Off Your Shoulders time. Yeah, yeah. Just when he was like kind of deciding where to go, uh, just before the Black album. But um, what else was there? There's um Snoop J Nas yeah I I had Nas on there I I, I put Nas on there um what else there was crazy stuff though wasn't it because yeah. like like you said I mean Pharrell was just ruling it like him and Missy and Timberland Missy and Timberland I I got into Missy and Timberland like just after just after Hove yeah yeah just after Hove so because obviously the the production they were making and stuff like that that's when missy was like doing all the party yeah, songs yeah. and it was popping popping um but one of my first back i never got like into vinyls or anything like till later in age but i got my my first cd was eat what well, it's actually three so it was the game documentary nice um nas nostradamus okay and Beware of Dog by Bow Wow. <laughs> nice. Those are my first three. <laughs> Balancing it and, out. And guess where I found them all from? Car boot sale. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my mom and dad it. were, uh, my family were 
addicted. My cousins, everybody addicted to Carbuzzi all the summer. <laughs> Sundays, instead of go church, some or after church, go. Or on a Saturday, I'm not too sure. I, I don't know how. I can't remember how car boot sales used to do, but they just go. That's crazy. And man. I was just like, they would find some. They, they'd find a few things here and there, like whatever. And I was Here's just. No, not today. Not today. The forecast I already know, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just find that they find like old, little things. Yeah. Like to use like for like tools or, um, little like old jeans that they could like use for something <laughs> or like yeah just all just random stuff like some people would sell like bikes and yeah all that stuff and like che- got a cheap bike for like 30 pounds sometimes or whatever there's some random gems in those places though in there it's like yeah we, we moved house a few times and when when i met my wife like she i don't think she realized the scale of how much stuff i actually had <laughs> until like we moved in together the first time and it took me four days to move out of my two-bed house. Oh, and she, shit. She was like, what is all of this? It's like, but, you know, I, I'm i like a big kid, man. It's like I collect little little like vinyl figures from Japan and America and then like Sick. vinyl records and trainers. Yeah. And like I, I had an insanely large amount of clothes, man, because it's like over time. Bear Coco 9. Well, bear, like, bear, oh, what you call oh, it? Fubu. That stuff had gone for a while, man. Fubu. Yeah, it was like. Um, which, what was the other one? That was, uh, yeah. What was the other one? What was the other one? There was another brand in the UK everyone was addicted to. There was um, ah, the one with the the Rhino logos. Yeah, Echo. 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 There was other stuff as well. Iniche. Yeah. Bear stuff like there people were telling me about. There. I remember in Birmingham there was this shop that opened up in the station when i was i was like i was at college so i was like 16 17 and that was around the same time when like i really got into music like my i met this group of friends who just loved everything like loved hip-hop soul and like we my friend had um grown up in nigeria and like he just everything out there was so much better in terms of like there was more access to artists so he came over and like he knew like properly new music from like lauren hill but then also like loads of r&b artists are like case and duele and d'angelo and like all these guys that we didn't know duele yeah duele Mm -mm. yeah is that guy crazy duele Duele subject album man not just just, not just that like there's people like babyface like yeah people don't look at babyface like that and i'm looking (laughs) and i'm thinking because i'm a I'm a fan of R&B. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll play R&B over hip hop so most of the time. So I'm thinking, if you look at what Babyface done with <laughs> jo- John B, especially, yeah, I said fuck. <laughs> I said flow a tree as well. Flow, yeah, no, man. Did, did, tree no, no, no. B- B- Babyface never worked with Flowery Tree. No, no, like, but, but like they were on, they were own, on, they like, were on the. Is that kind of vibe? Yeah, they had a few things, and then there was obviously like people like Brian McKnight and other yeah. stuff. And you just look at R and B, and you're just like, now anyway, and you're just like, come on, like bring yeah. this back, like I, I want this. Well, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like you see artists like A Marie, who is nothing really now in terms of like modern music. But when she first came out, like her first projects, like she those was cold. Were making she crazy was cold. Headway. Yeah, she was cold. Like, what was the what was that tune? 
I don't know if you, you I'm assuming you know music videos as well like yeah, there's a there's, bit. there's there's a music video that she did when it's like once upon a time in New York or something like that like summertime in New York or something I forgot the record I'm so sorry but it's a part oh. of her one of her first one of her one two projects but that one I said yeah <laughs> Amory over one thing Bruff! Yeah, my bad boy. She, but she was, she crazy, was good, and then yeah, like Erica Badu around that time and everything. But cold. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you you learn about that stuff later. Like I only learned about like the Soulquarians and like Quest Love and all that side of things and Dilla as well. Like so much later down the line, but I'd been listening to them for years. You just you never know, noticed. Yeah, the same it's... with me with like Bashment and dancehall and reggae re- records. They just play them. My friends would just yeah. play them, and I'm thinking, yo, this is sick. I don't even know the artist. <laughs> yeah, I don't look. It's, it's on, maybe on a on a playlist or no, not a playlist. Sorry, like a mix on SoundCloud. They don't even sometimes they don't even put the artist names and whatever. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just hearing bare tunes and I'm just thinking this is sick I want to know what this is <laughs> but people don't even sometimes people don't even know the artist yeah. until later on maybe it's a mad, year to it? 10 years later and it's crazy yeah that used to happen a lot with Garage man because like when when I was at college like Garage was yeah. really getting huge yeah. and like it it was just mad the number of things that would come through especially like the there was the MC Neat stuff that would come through where he'd be like hosting all of these different mixtapes and you'd hear all these remixes and just be like what is this yeah you know, like there was there was like the Gar- casey and yeah, jojo garage. garage remixes and stuff like that yeah and like the, all of the the crazy stuff that was coming out and like some of the producers from that like mj cole you listen to that stuff and just think damn I, when i heard like, for, I, I haven't heard have I? I probably have heard of mj cole um like pro oh, not a project but like tunes yeah but i wouldn't know the name of them yeah no n- n- never noticed his name or whatever but um shout out to so solid as well actually they just rec- they just did a performance a- an-, an anniversary performance i believe yeah i heard about it yeah and they brought like bare people like oxide neutrino and is it oxide yeah yeah i don't know if they brought about i forgot because lisa mafia couldn't go because obviously because oh, of the yeah. whole predicament right now she she's there's a possibility of her having as she's on quarantine right now but um she would have been there and performing as well and everyone was just gassed. I was seeing some footage um, uh, yesterday, I think yesterday or today. Because that was, that was from, that was in the area that they all grew up as well. Yeah, it? I think so. so. Like they, there was a big, big build they, around they, that. They're, they're from South. Yeah. South London, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, South London, South London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, I, I believe some, some are from East or some are from South. But it's around those two boroughs. I don't know anyone from North. Are they from? Is there anyone from North in that group? I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure, but I know South and East. They have their ties there, so yeah. I'm not too sure. Too tough like that. Why Correct is... me if I'm wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm not educated and so solid like that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, speaking of Dilla, actually, you've I'm I'm a big fan of Dilla. Yeah. Me and Dilla almost like are close in birthday. Oh really? Yeah. So when's your birthday? Uh, seventh. Ah, nice. So you're really close. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So, because obviously there's there are Dilla parties yeah. that I've heard of just recently, and they they're in London as well, um, to help out with um, 
I believe, funding for the like Dilla foundations and yeah, charities. Yeah, so that's 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 something I did. So like, yeah. I, so yeah, there's a few things, man. So there's the James Stewart Yancey Foundation. That's the one. So like, they it used to be the the Dilla Foundation, mm. um, but it's run by Marduk's like Dilla's mum. But I mean, they've had some crazy stuff like over over estate things and legal things for years and years and years. But, but yeah, man. I mean, like I'm I love Dilla's stuff and yeah, release this album, the timeless tribute, and it's and it's officially raising money for them as well, which is yeah, it's crazy. Like I mean, it took seven years to make this happen, and it. Ooh. But I'm so happy I did. Like I'm, I'm go- so happy I pers- persevered I, with I'm, it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you had to do some legal stuff with that because yeah, well to a to a degree. So I mean, basically Cause, that cause, album. Yeah, because with contracts, especially paying labels and for sampling, maybe or artists. Well, so with with that project, basically the the whole album is taken from Sweet for Marjukes, which was created by Miguel Atwood Ferguson. So like it yeah. was this beautiful classical tribute to Dilla that was like years ago now, like a decade ago. Mm. And I I just, I loved it when I heard it. It was like all of the, the artists that had worked with Dilla were coming out. So there was like Della Soul and Talib Kweli and Dwele and um, Illa J and all of these Della guys. Illa J, yeah. So like they, they were Jeez. all coming out and like just celebrating Dilla because like you know he was classically trained too and that's what so, a lot of people are still confused on yeah how is my man classically trained it was it and was he amazing. was creating crazy like like fall in love donuts yeah. like oh my god like Dilla is level, Dilla's yeah. Like he had to when he was in a hospital bed, he was making beats. Yeah. When I heard that story, I said, "Fuck off." <laughs> I said, "No, he, this guy is just a genius." And yeah. I was just, and every time, like every time my birthday would come, I always remember Dilla. Yeah. I'd always because I found a playlist um just full of Dilla beats, Dilla songs, and I was just like, "Yo, I'd play it whole week. <laughs> I'd play it just like even from the start of his birthday to like." mine like close yeah. at least that at, at least play that once i have to play it at least once course, like just man. out of not just out of respect but just out, as a fan of yeah as that connection yeah pr- production as well like i'm a big fan of production that's why i have I, I, i'm a fan of i'm like a fan of pharrell timberland ryan leslie yeah the, um robert glasper um oh, there's so many other producers that i'm a fan of like yeah for and sure. then, like um uh, like UK as well obviously there's a lot of like J5 TSB like the young guys that are yeah. coming up um, Huss is, Jay Huss has obviously produced a, an incredible album which I don't know if you've listened to yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. he's got a lot of influence of old school on that yeah which is nice to hear man and you, and, I mean it's yeah. it's good it kind of it's it's weird with this obviously like the scenes always change and they mature and turn into different things and it's like I it feels like until a couple of years ago, I felt quite distanced from what was coming out of the UK. Where yeah. like it, you know that that time when Grime was coming out, I was working with a lot of a lot of kids around then, and they were really excited about it. And just I was in it, and I got it. But I think like now, I just I didn't really feel that same connection to quite a lot of the artists who were coming through. But I think like more recently, it feels like there are artists where they're reconnecting. You can see that. They've got more of a love of music, and they actually understand stuff. Yeah, yeah, Other, yeah. You know, because like you hear some of the youngins who are coming out, where they're like, 
oh, you know, I just listen to hip-hop, I just, or not even that, they're like, I listen to rap, I don't listen to hip-hop, and it's like, that statement in itself makes no sense, like, it's like, yeah. you know, rap is an element of a hip-hop community, like, it's, it's, it's facts. one of the pillars, you know, like, it's one one of, the... not, not one of the pillars, it's, it's the same thing, yeah, you cannot tell me yeah, you that can't not... you can't extricate that from that and say I only listen to that and not that. It's like that is that, but like it's it feels like it's starting to to blend a bit more yeah. where people are getting it a bit more. And I think yeah. like there's artists like Loyal Connor and you know people like Bunny yo Loyal Connor is underrated. Like I got into him like literally just last year. Mm. Uh, his, his recent project I got to listen to and it's incredible and I went to go back because I was like I was doing a bit of research of his story and he was like he's got his own culinary school he's got his own yeah man he's, 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 he's an got awesome his, guy he's, he's I, w- I would love to have a conversation with him uh, I, that, I mean I've 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 known Ben for a few years and like I've interviewed him for, for wordplay as well and like mm. he's just a really lovely guy you know and it's I think the thing is because like he's stayed grounded and he's got his team around him and his friends and yeah you know, they're close knit yeah and I mean like he's he's been building up with people like Rebel Clef like his one of his producers and you know his his manager Tomo's been going through with him and like they're they're family yeah, you know, yeah, like they're, yeah and they're family, building in that yeah, way yeah, and it's yeah, remained grounded definitely. and I think the idea yeah like you say with a culinary school the idea that he has ADHD and he's put himself in this position to be able to right. say you know what? I've got this. Don't shy away from it. Let's celebrate it. Let's yeah. make it amazing. Make, make it cool. Yeah. Make it, make it, make different be cool. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that, that, that's the title that's, of this episode. It's... That is the fucking <laughs> title of this episode right now. Make different be cool. Yeah, that's sure. it. That's a fact. It's, but, it's important, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's the thing is if it feels like, yeah, of course, social media is what it is, but I think now that even that in itself is maturing like people are starting to think you know what forget it i'm just gonna be myself and if people accept it or not so what like you know and it's it's really nice to see that there's that kind of that element of new energy with it yeah where people aren't as scared and yeah they might be trying to still promote in a certain way and yeah of course there might be certain things that are behind it but at the same time it just it feels like artists are being more genuine and to see people like Rag and Bone Man, it's like I remember him from Woo! like when when there used to be Boom Bap Festival. Like he, he, I mean, this was this wasn't long ago. This was like five six years ago. He was on stages where ten fifteen people would be there, and people would just be drifting off, and they'd be now, like, "Yeah, whatever, man, it's him." And like you now, know, now he's smashing it, he's and it's and killing it's, it. But what I love about those kind of artists is that their roots are still there. You know, like he. He will still go and do gigs with High Focus, or he'll still go and do a jam with different artists, or like he'll feature on whatever he can. Yeah. The next it's... album he's working on is like Roots influenced, and it's like that would be that... cold. Yeah, exactly. What? That's, that's the Roots. Thing. Yeah. That is cold. No, it's oh, I'm a big fan of Quest. Like, yeah. That whole era is of Roots is just like the fact that when I found out they never even was big in the U- US yeah, until they came to the it? UK got big here and then went back yeah. <laughs> that alone self US was trash like that, mad, that's mad it? but like, I've, I've been reading Questlove's books like um, Moment of Blues and mm. um, Creative Quest and it's I would love just, to read one of them they're really good reads man and it's just 
it is crazy hearing about their journey. Yeah. You know, and like just hearing how these artists were just they were they were pained and no one was recognizing them and they were jumping from label to label and yeah you, know, you just think like you listen to it and just think you're the roots yeah like you're you're next level with this and really like and you really, go on jimmy fallon and just kill it yeah. every time as well like yeah is it jimmy fallon yeah, yeah, yeah it's it jimmy, every time i see them i'm like why are you there you are the roots like yeah. you should be doing madness right now but i think that's the thing from like the, the way dear. that they write about it for them like that that's the dream job in the sense that they they have secure incomes but then they have access to all these incredible musicians who come on the show so like their the, you know their last few albums they worked with so many artists yeah because they they're getting access to different genres and also for them it's playtime on a daily basis because they're being told right play ska play folk play rock play pop and like they that's why i love they quest. have to think on yeah i, I just love quest because quest is i think quest love he's also a dj so yeah. when i was watching for some reason i was watching a lot of dj stuff <laughs> like at one point um about serato mm. serato is a if people don't know serato is a um dj software uh you can get on your computers and laptops and stuff like that and he was, I think, I believe he was sponsored by them to do a few videos yeah. and stuff like that. And he was literally saying that his time frame of music is so crazy. It starts It starts from like maybe like 1950s, 60s, maybe even 1900, 19, early 1900s. Like his music, catal- not catalog, but like storage is from that time till now. Yeah. I said fuck off like it's <laughs> it's just yeah I, I have so much admiration for a man like that that has knowledge of that that type of music yeah. in different genres and still able to conduct a group like The Roots yeah and be a certain type of face as well because when you think of Roots you think of Quest yeah so to this day I'm just like I have so much admiration. I would like to have a conversation with that guy. Yeah, same. That would be incredible. I, I remember when I first met the the one of the well the editor for Wordplay, like Nev. He's he's one of the five original guys who started a magazine, and yeah. like we we were both having early chats and saying if we get an interview with Quest, magazine's done. Like we <laughs> that's it. That's that's like the final the issue one. done. Yeah, I mean, like, wow. we're both obsessed with him, like, to the point where he's got, like, the, the Roots Christmas jumpers and everything, and it's like... I need to find one for Christmas this year. amazing. I man. need to find but, that shit. Yeah, I just... I, I think the thing is, like, with those guys, that they're, they're like, the pinnacle of how to do hip-hop properly in that and sense. That, and where, that's the same era as Dilla. Like, yeah. that's, it, that, that era there of Questlove, Dilla, then you have people like Talib and yeah. it, it around that area. And then you have like, obviously, I think Pun, Big Pun was in that era. And then you had KRS-One in that era. You had um, Big L. You had um, uh, New York, New York. Yeah. It, that New York area was just 
Oh, but that's like, the thing, isn't it? Mad. It's like all of that stuff that was coming out. You know, like when you look at those different groups. I mean, even people like Q-Tip, the stuff that. Oh, yes, Q! I was, forgot about Q, man. Yeah, but like oh. you know, the the stuff that not only he was doing for Tribe, but just also himself and the different artists he was working with, and, as well, and also know, things he, like all the Lucy and, Pearl stuff and everything. Just, and also him becoming an actor confused yeah. me. Confused me to this day. Well, it's the same with most Def, isn't it? Where it's like, it's crazy seeing most Def as well. I was where, like. Yeah, but the thing is, with Q-Tip, he only didn't he didn't really go into film like that compared to yeah. most Def. Most Def went to acting, acting, yeah, all in. And when I was watching, I was like, "Rah!" He actually really suits him. He suits <laughs> him. I, I remember watching him in Brown Sugar. I was like, "Hey, it's most Def," and but, it was just like this kind of bit part to a certain degree. But with, like, he was yeah. great. The weirdest but, thing is, he just walks around. Yeah, <laughs> he's all over the world, like. Apparently he's mostly in Paris, just walking around. Yeah. Or in London, like he's really nomadic, isn't he? But I, that's I guess that's the thing. That's that his piece. I think that's his piece. Like he's just. I think everyone knows if you put him in a mic in front of a mic, he's boring. Yeah. And then if you put him in a film and he loves that film, he's on it. Yeah. So that's I think that's his piece. Like he could do what he wants now. It's the same with Andre Three Thousand. Like I would love to hear yeah. a three stacks tune. I would love to hear a three stacks album right now or an EP yeah. or something because I'm tired of these features that he's doing. <laughs> I just want I just want him and and uh, Big Boy to bring up another Outcast album. Like I I, oh, I just want yeah. classics. I just want a classic now. It I'm was tired. weird when that happened, wasn't it? Because it was, it was. They were never announced it. Yeah, it was so so like sort of mature and subtle. There was no silliness. There was no oh, there's this, there's this, there's this. It just they yeah. they made that weird kind of country album where there was like the two CDs on it or like the two discs. Yeah, he and love, yeah, and yeah, and then it was like okay, we made this, we're done. Is that what? what? But that album, <laughs> it, that double double sided yeah. album is you got hey ya, and then you've got flipping other stuff, and I'm just looking at it raw. Yeah, and then you look at the back catalog as well. And just... Oh, Quim and I, man. Right. <laughs> and then there's other people. There's so many others, but yeah. Are there are there any um features on the project? Loads. Yes. I mean, it's there's artists from around the world, man. So I mean, I this is part of the reason it took so long was trying to get the right people on it. So I mean, it all started with Donnie Numeric, who's like a London MC. Like we've got a group called Delegates of Rhyme that we've done on and off for years, but then it built from there so there's a lot of musicianship like there's live instrumentation on quite a lot of the tracks so yes like live bass drums keys sax violin all sorts of things so greg blackman who's an amazing singer and like multi-instrumentalist like he he got involved in stuff and then from there there was this so i i reached out to dj target's notice board like years ago and was like look i'm creating this this j dilla tribute looking for people to get involved and these new york producers like side the zulu got hold of me and he was like i'm a dilla head through and through we need to link so he started creating like a few bass lines and bits and bobs from there and then he just built so like i i contacted different friends i got like in different places so like, i had not long after i started that project i met um a guy called toddler mc who's a australian mc so like he started working on a track and got one of his friends involved and then there was a, a dutch mc called risk Cant. so he 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 was like look i really really want to get involved in this and like yeah yeah of course man that's that's fine and like then then it was that kind of 
kind of element where there was different people bringing different people in, which was really nice. It was this kind of collective vibe. Makes it easier. And then, uh, yeah, so it kind of, but it was just really interesting seeing how it worked because it was really organic. But it's crazy because it's like, you know, I I mean, I, I love all elements of hip hop and like it was, it's kind of turned out where there's actually a really nice balance between like male and female MCs as well, but it wasn't Cold. a conscious thing. It just kind of, built that way it's so it's happened you know, like, it just happened yeah. naturally yeah so it's got like jazz kahina on there so like she she then brought in nutty p um and you know, uk so, as well yeah so they're uk and then like there's this mc called j double who who's based in new orleans and like he's a massive like comic book head but he's made projects as tribute to Dilla, Dilla before like taking some of the donuts beats and like chopped those donuts and done stuff just, and, so like Yo, I got him, and then like look uh, at my playlist again. Yeah, <laughs> just but like there's there's just oh, there's a whole bunch of artists on there where yo. So like there's a MC from the Isle of Wight called Joe Public, um, and and just I love that about it. You know, like it's I I really wanted to pull together different artists who wouldn't necessarily be on records together otherwise. Mm. You know, there's been this really lovely thing where so brother man. Who I've always loved Brother Man stuff, you know, and he he moved to Spain a few years ago. But like I, so I did a listening party down in London at Chip Shop in Brixton um, on the eighth of February, and he just seeing how people came together for that. So like he took a flight all the way from Spain just to perform at that and try and Sick. celebrate that album alongside Donnie Numeric and Nutty P and Jazz Kahina and. You know, just everybody that can come and just yeah. vibe like and just celebrate Dilla like but I mean one of the crazy ones was like so there was this so when I was first starting out doing the album like I really wanted to make sure that like there was elements of Dilla where Dilla heads could listen to it and be like that's that's that Dilla snare or oh that's that reverb effect or oh that little sound there is this that and the other and kind of really yeah. linking into it cold and I so I was like rooting around every platform I could find, including YouTube. And I found this Brazilian percu per percussionist and drummer called Knuff or Nuff. Um, and he he'd covered Fall in Love and like the one track Ooh. on the entire album, which I so I love Fall in Love. It's one of my favorite. That is things. that but I can. So when you were saying about my daughter, I can never play that track in the car. So like, cause what they're talking about yeah, is not yeah, the yeah, right yeah, points. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, right I'd always set out to make my own version of that, and that track is the only one where it's a straight cover of what Dilla did, but then with my own reworkings on it. So like, I've got this American MC called Jack Jones or Odyssey on it, and then this guy Nuff, he he made his own own version of the of the drums from that doesn't speak a word of english but i somehow managed to track him down through facebook he lives in brazil and like we we got talking i was using google translate sending hey, out messages sick and he was like you're creating a dilla project he's like yes down 100 percent." so like he he sent me over these stems of the drums so the outro to fall in love like the bit where there's like the live drums oh, and they're free oh, silent at the end i've i've made a live version of that where like i'm playing live bass he sent me these drums from all over the other side of the world, got the Odyssey freestyling on it. And it's like those kind of moments, man, where like when some of those bits happen really late on, and it's like, man, Sick. this is great. You know, and like just my my friend, the Lassic, who's a saxophonist, like he, he got involved 
maybe about a year or so before the project dropped and just trying to help me to shape it and get the interludes right and just trying to add those final like little bits of seasoning to pull it all together but dude i mean it's been crazy like since since it dropped just artists that i really respect like bugging out because they've got my vinyl and you know having all these different oh you DJs. even put it on vinyl yeah man yeah Sick. yeah so like that i mean i love vinyls like they're they're mm. my thing you know mm. like i it's i've got all of my family's yeah. vinyls from like yeah. my grandparents to my parents yeah. everybody james is know. going to be watching or listening to this them vinyls over there that's all his <laughs> listen there's like a kendrick a vinyl in there there's so many good vinyls in there oh, i had to take so, a dig man. yeah but take, like, take a little dig later but but yeah, yeah like, i just incredible. i i wanted to add to that just so hhv um who are based in berlin like they their their shop is like famous for vinyls and like they're the ones who kind of they're they're the biggest distributor in europe but they also work with fat beats in america and good to I heard go of as fat well. Beats for some fat reason. beats like were the one man. So like yeah. they around like the nineties, like they were the place to go. Like and for they, the records, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. also like they did loads of nights. So like they, they had a lot of the artists would come through there. They had a shop in Holland and various other places. So like they they were the one, you know, and they their label was always mad respected. You know, and I so, you know, I've I've not only got a vinyl but it's also on HHV, it's officially supporting the James Stewart Yancey Foundation, and it's being dropped by Fat Beats and all of these crazy things. Where it's like it's so Miguel Atwood Ferguson. When you're saying about legal stuff, like they, like he's given permission for me to use that project so that I can rework it. Sick, you know. And like I'm so basically, I mean the literally all the profit from this album goes to the James Stewart Yancey Foundation, and like those guys do music work within their community um like across america but they also work with different aids charities so like they're so at the moment like they're they're in south america and they're helping with like earthquake survivors they're doing so many things and the idea that i've got a record that's hip-hop you know in, in my own way as well in a way that feels true to me that that can then in turn help people's lives you know that that feels amazing because it's like like i say man i mean my my career has been about helping young people but the idea that my music can extend to that feels amazing and i I feel really humbled by the the response i've had from people where you know like the the things that people are saying and the the emotional impact it's had on people and it's like that really means something because if anything i was just fretting the idea of making a dealer tribute and then people being like this ain't Dylan. This isn't this. This isn't that. What did you do to those drums? But like the, it's taken so long to make those details right. But I kind of feel like, yeah, cool. So I'm it's a only right, man. man. Like there's always got to be bits where it's like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. But I, I knew I wanted to release it on Dylan's birthday. That was always the thing. But because that was the thing, it meant that every single point that i'd get to february is like no it's not ready yet not ready yet this needs to get sorted but it all came together and there was this crazy week where the the foundation said yeah cool good to go let's do this then miguel's manager was like yep cool as long as they're good that's fine then hhv were like yep okay so you've got the right sorted that's fine and then i i spoke to andy kettle who's been the the guy who's been helping with promotion for me 
and he was like project sounds great let's sort something and within one week this project that at that point i've been working on for six and a half years all came together everyone had said yes it was like this is real this is happening my and i know the exact date is being launched because that's dilla's birthday yeah and like it was just it was mental man yeah. it was just like this moment where it was like Dilla, i remember calling my wife and just being like sam it's happening and like I, i've I got the deal mo- done yeah. the album will be out at this time it was crazy bear yeah. retweets like <laughs> send the link out to all the family members but dude it was crazy because not only like when i got the when i got the email confirmation from the the foundation as well not only were they saying that at the time they were like listen we want to get you down to to detroit like we want to get you involved in that like we want to get you to meet the other well we'll try and get the other chapters involved and like that bit couldn't happen in terms of funding in the end but like the idea that they're there saying yes we believe in this and we want to get you involved there, there, in this. Are, there are so many hip-hop heads now listening to this that are fans of Dilla, yeah fans of old school hip-hop from new york detroit la everywhere in this world are gonna be like Dilla Project tribute. <laughs> I'm on it. I want to listen yeah. now. So and it's been got, amazing, yeah. man. And, and I mean, like one of the things as well is like with with Spotify. Like, I know like so many artists get it. Where I've been plugging away at Spotify ever since it came out. Like just trying to figure out how it works. And you know, a few few years ago, they set it up so that then you could start submitting to the curators. And like nothing happens, man. And you just get to this point where it's like, oh, forget this. I can't. I can't be bothered. And then. The first single that I dropped with this album, it got picked up by Jazz Rap on Spotify. Oh. And then I went from like, you know, 10, 15 plays of previous tracks a day to like a thousand a day. It was like, what's going on? And like, like yeah, please. and it continues. And like, and it's, you know, my, my songs have gone from having maybe like collectively 20, 30 playlists that they're attached to, to like 400. And it's like, what's going on? That's but like, cold. it's cold. it's amazing though, because it just, you know, I, I'm i really proud of this project. You know, and like, I kind of feel like, okay, yeah. now that I've got over this, this is like the biggest step I could have got over. This is the yeah, scariest yeah. project. Like that whole kind of eating yeah. the elephant thing. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, I've done that now. I'm not as scared about it. But all that said, my hard drive, uh, crashed out on Monday so currently <laughs> I don't have it and all of my music is on there so I'm like fretting and it's currently in Holland and with all this stuff going on it's like man I really need this hard hard drive to come back and work yeah, you need, to get, like, yeah. You, you need to get it like literally like fixed soon. yeah at least get all the stuff out there to a different hard drive please yeah, yeah exactly man it's ones. just crazy because it's like I just nah. need to get that stuff sorted man nah. but yeah, it's it's good. It just it feels really positive, and it's like within the space of a month, it's like I, I had my first play that I produced music for, where that was based on like the the Windrush saga and Sick. the kind of racial political angles as a whole, which was just so incredible. That's that's that's, a, like, that's nice to hear as well. Yeah, we we in in media as well. A lot of people are talking about the Windrush scandal. Yeah, as yeah. of recently, as of recently. No, nah, definitely, man. And it was just, it was amazing to be part of something like that. So to like have that and have this album come out, and then at the same time do another one of these amplify events for for UE, and it it was kind of all these crazy things all culminating into one month. It was like this is some crazy month. That's cold. But you know, like it, 
it feels like now that it's done it's like this springboard effect where it's like i've got another play to work on i'm working with lots of new artists that i've had access to off the back of this album because it's a great calling card man it's a case of it's a good hey, little hi this. yeah it's like look at me yeah. i'm here it's, hi it's like, look, I, I love your music like can we talk yeah now? can we but have like, a co- can we have a little chit chat yeah hi. for sure but yeah yeah that's dope man but just it's to, just yeah it's great dope. man just to, um, just to hear like just obviously we've got to wrap up but it's just a great kind of like thing to hear like so, something that took so long to prepare for, yeah, and the realization of it happening, and the you're, it's not like you're benefiting it, benefiting of it so soon, but like you could see certain lanes now, like when you go to you're like in a one way street, and then you're like you've got and you go to this little junction, but this junction's got loads of other routes yeah, that yeah, you want to discover sure. so you, when you come back round you've got another one to discover You got like there's so yeah, many other lanes yeah. now it's so mad, that's a great thing to hear but before, before actually before we go your favourite Dilla tunes ah oh, man F- so favourite Dilla tunes like so there's uh, there's one track that I really love um, so it's it's Sun On My Face which was part of the J Love's Japan album mm. but the thing is that so the crazy thing with that album is that they dropped it in 2007 and that track had Blue on it and John Tell. And I love Blue. He's one of my favourite MCs. And then the the rework that they dropped, which I think was like 2016 or something, didn't have that track. They replaced it and like they, they had other things on there instead. Mm. So like it only exists in vinyl form and on YouTube and I think there's like someone who's released it on SoundCloud and it's like how is this track not out there more (laughs) but I love that but also like I love Tribe Called Quest once again because like that that was the first album that Dilla got involved with those guys and that track flipped how Tribe worked yeah and it flipped everything man you know I mean realistically like Dilla alongside the soul Quarians created the whole neo soul sound but like that neo, neo like soul is one of, of my favorite genres audience. of all time as well yeah neo soul sure. is just there's so many artists that i could ring off off of yeah. that sound like a music soul child there's obviously um how you can class Marshall ambrosius but Tree was kind of neo soul yeah yeah definitely. um there's so many others like that have like obviously Sade, Erica Badu, is yeah. I wouldn't class them as Neo Soul, but you kind of can. But I mean, they're Erica, in that in, the in that lane. Though, it? It's like Erica Badu was in the sense that she was part of that thing. That Fuji's Lauren Hill, like yeah. crazy. crazy. It's, it's mad, but it's like that stuff is brilliant. But you know, I like I, yeah, I love that track. Love once again. Mm. Um, you know, I like there's a there's a Dilla beat called Life that I love. Oh, um, I, I I think I've I think that's on this playlist. That's, that's amazing. I just it's just I think the thing is that because I I love like like we've been talking about, man. Like I love that soulful and that jazz element, and like when that really kicks in, yeah. You know I mean, but then also just like straight head nodders, like far side drop, hmm. like that. True. Just I remember when I saw that video, I was like, what is this what am i watching and what am i listening to everything is backwards there are so many like so many diligence yeah like but just the drums like i mean you know obviously there's the dilla drums but like that track all out was like 
this is madness. If you've been this far of the episode, please listen to these tunes because this is yeah. mad. Like, we even forgot Common. Common has yeah, course, there's, like there's water for chocolate. Like just another level. Yeah, Common has got tunes. The, the fact that people people just like are like, how does this co- Common's like? Not the people like Common's an MC. Yeah, Common is an MC, and he's got Dilla tunes. Like that's how far this guy has been yeah, writing. So it's like smart, but, but I think that's the thing. It's stuff like that where you know I. Man. There's I really like that era, but e- I mean, when e-, e equals MC square. Yeah, like, come on, like, come on, and, bro. And so far to go as well, like, but you so know, far to go with D'Angelo. Yeah. Um, there's uh the Madlib tune, baby. There's uh, oh, but the, just the Jalib album as a whole, man. Like the red is just nuts. Like, nuts. I, like I, I, I nuts. hadn't heard that track as a as a. I'd only heard the instrumental for like five six years. I didn't even know lyrics existed for it. <laughs> like, it was one of those ones where, like, one of my friends played me that beat, and, like, I listened to that beat as, like, a pretty much a wake-up call on a daily basis. Mm. I loved it. Like, I, I just didn't know, like, where it was rooted from or anything, and then I ended up hearing a Jaylib album, and I was like, what? Where's, where, where's this coming from? Like, yeah, but, there's so many other tunes, man. There's yeah. so many, like, but, I mean, it's Last like, Donut of the Night, um sure. crushing um but i think the, the far thing, side yeah. drop yeah like but i think that's <sighs> the thing with him is like it's his contributions to things so you know the the elements that he was doing for d'angelo or the elements that Listen, he was yeah. doing for black star let's you know, put respect like, on d'angelo's name like come on yeah. like oh he's he's incredible untitled is oh yeah brown, for sure. brown sugar ugh. <laughs> like oh but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I think the thing with him is, like, he's one of those guys where if he features on something, I used to love that about music. Where there, if there was artists and they featured on a track, you could trust their brand. Where oh, like, you oh, got the you the get Angelo that now. Features on that, okay. I definitely need to check there, that. There, there are some artists that I yeah, feel like that as well now. I, I think there definitely are a few, but there was that whole era where it was just. Like the raucous records era and stuff like that, where it was like every if Pharaoh was on a track, if Pharaoh Munch was on something, you knew instantly he was just gonna destroy it. It'd be like Pharaoh was yeah. on that, okay. It's, All right, same it's, with most deaf. It's the same. same with, it's the same. It was, it's, 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 yeah, as you said, most deaf. I was gonna name most. Like if I hear a most deaf tune, a yeah. feature, guaranteeing it. Yeah, because for sure, man. What was the tune? Is it Christian Dior Flow by Kanye West when he was doing Good Fridays? He was releasing a song every Friday. Oh, yeah. Um, this th- this was that was during um, my Dark Twisted Fantasy, and that was a roll a little rollout. So he had Christian Dior Flow and he had certain other tunes. He had a Most Deaf tune, oh, fe- okay. Most Deaf feature. Um, I forgot which tune it was, but he had Most Deaf like one of the be- um had one of the good verses on there. Um, who else done something like? That's like amazing, amazing. I don't know. There's so many other producers yeah. that got Dilla's influence, man. Yay, it's, Kanye is one. Kanye is one. Yeah, we cannot deny that. I cannot never deny that. We, we would if we didn't have a Jay Dilla, we would never have certain artists, you know. No, of course, man. And it's I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is that there's because his music does run so deep, and just the idea that he died so young and yet the amount of music that he made and the quality within it 
is just crazy you know crazy. like and it crazy. just i mean the idea that there's all these movements that he was so integral as part of like stones throw like raucous like the soul Quarians, you know being part of the rise of all these different groups around him yeah you know influencing people like tribe called quest sorry like you know like quest love you know i mean there's like quest love was talking about these these moments where he'd sit in a room and it would be him and dilla and D'Angelo and like, you know, Primo or any of those guys. Oh, Primo, I forgot about Primo yeah. too. Like, ah, oh, that and era like, is incredible, bruv. Like yeah, musically, man. it's incredible. I incredible. Mean, I, like, I mean, that's that time's, time's nuts though. I mean, like I, I interviewed Primo a few years ago oh. and like just, he's just, he's one of those guys where he just stays true. And I think it's, yeah. I think that's the thing about those guys. That's another that, guy I would like to have a conversation yeah, with. Yeah, because they've grown up with it. This is their life. There is no doubting it. They've watched the rise of this when it wasn't getting airplay. It wasn't cool. It wasn't a thing. And they've just ridden it. And they've just said, right, this is my life. You know, people like KRS-One, it's like, I, you know, the whole thing that, I mean, I, I saw him in Birmingham. Like, he, his son had died a few weeks beforehand. Mm. And he just came to, came to Birmingham and just did this set where, like, he... There was he just went off piste all the time. It was just like, oh, let's just play this beat, and like he he was asking if there was any b boys, and he was like, right, right, like let's make a circle, let's make a circle, sure. and getting all the b boys to do stuff, and then getting people to freestyle and cipher, and like asking his DJ to just run beats back, and just just that essence where you just think this is crazy. It's just another level. That's right, you know, and it's like, but I think that's why I love that era the most in that sense where. Yeah, there are artists who I'm still excited about. You know, like, I love people like Lay Full Stop. Like, the music she is making is crazy. And, like, the... the I love Pitch 92 and, like, Mouse Outfit and all that lot. Like, the stuff they're making is really, really nice. And, you know, there's a lot of artists out there. Like, my friend Mecca83, who makes that kind of jazz-inspired hip-hop stuff. And so many artists who are doing all these amazing things. You know, like, there's Joe Public, who... Josh released this album called Stubborn Vectus and like sick like such a good album you know but there's there's all these things happening so much of the time and you know, I've been really lucky in terms of wordplay that I've met so many people and like quite a few of my heroes and you know doing all that side of things but I love that about the scene but there's definitely something about that time where it's almost like it developed these untouchables. Where Crazy. There's some of the biggest, yeah. biggest, most influential people in music, irrespective of genres. Dope. That came out of that, that emerged. You know, I Dope. just, I love that, man. Yeah, it's, just, uh, yeah, the, the early 90s, early 2000s hip hop. Yeah. Just, just something about it. It's no, just something sure. about it. When people, you, if we had like certain people here um, and just play tunes. This, we would just do a screw face on all some of these like ugh ugh like and there's some people in this generation are keeping it going and yeah. it's good to see so yeah man so hopefully that keeps going and I think it will always come back it'll come back yeah it'll come back man. it's like, got it it's got it's roots it's, 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 it has to come back it, it, um, trends come in cycles yeah. so it's, it's it's nothing nothing new but thank you for coming, bro. Of course, man. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, it's 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 like 
is a quick history lesson basically of like <laughs> certain things of music that people don't get to hear on a regular basis yeah. so people will be like raw these this is another side of hip-hop <laughs> that are like oh we're gonna i'm gonna check this out whatever so yeah but that is cool thanks yeah, for having de- me on yeah, man. Yeah, like, man it's just good to talk about good music man yeah, like, that def- definitely just 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 anything anything like having a good conversation is always nice as well yeah, yeah, for sure. but um yeah youtube soundcloud itunes spotify kith and kim podcast uh you visuals come out thursdays and sundays um obviously instagram twitter kith and kin pod um uh we'll be won't be doing i don't know if we're gonna do an episode next week just because coronavirus and that <laughs> you know what i mean the predicament's a bit mad right now so for the next two weeks i'm not too sure but make sure to wash your hands do you do what you gotta do sanitizers masks i got my mask actually on my neck right here as you can see it's just hidden um but yeah just make sure to keep yourself safe and uh everything else work from home what you gotta do um let's actually stop this thing from happening so wash yeah. hands and everything else um so yeah, you might get now get an episode next week. I'm not too sure. Let's see how it goes. Uh, what else is there? Um, starting doing visual editing. So you might. I'm kind of secretly doing that right now. So I'm kind of just here and there trying to build a portfolio and start it out. Fit for a bit. Just said, you know what? Let me try this. So uh, that's coming uh, sooner or later. Uh, so do you want to plug anything? Just uh, yeah, man. Just I guess just this album that I've been building. So like yeah, Vice Beats of the timeless tribute like yeah, check yeah. it out it's it's genuinely for a good cause and then yeah i'm just at vice beats on twitter it's like beats by vice i've just discovered twitter again man i forgot <laughs> about it hated it for a long time and i've yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh yeah i need to do this again yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah right, vice man. beats on instagram man and uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh yeah check the music out man. yeah they're definitely the link the link for the spotify um will be in the description below so everybody can go check that out um and obviously just hopefully everybody can listen to it as well um i've listened to a few students and yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to listen to the whole project when i go to <laughs> Thanks, when i go man. on a trip to uh tomorrow but yeah appreciate that uh what else is there is there anything else yeah keep washing hands keep yeah, washing your hands yeah, yeah keep washing your hands <laughs> don't put your hands on your face elbows use your elbows to handshake instead um we handshake before but yeah. obviously we wash our hands later earlier <laughs> um what else is there yeah just hopefully you enjoy so peace out to the man on the side peace Loving my music is like some sex shit. Niggas trying to grip up my mic like it's a dig. Run around the corner to pick up the new shit. I'm searching the deck so niggas could catch red.